Welcome to the Weekly Wrap podcast by the National Farmers Federation. Here's this week's update. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Wrap podcast. I'm Rhiannon Arnold and I'll be your host today. It's been a busy week in the world of agriculture in the lead up to the Jobs and Skills Summit. On Wednesday, the 31st of August, the NFF held a live webinar discussing the key priorities for agriculture and farming ahead of the summit. But before we take a look at that, here are the headlines from this week. In an unprecedented move, the NFF, the unions and government will form a tripartite working group to pursue solutions to better skill, attract, protect and retain workers in agriculture. The group has a one-year lifespan and will inform the government's employment white paper. NFF President Fiona Simpson put agriculture's workforce plight on the table at the Jobs and Skills Summit, highlighting the challenges being felt by farmers and the food supply chain. Ms Simpson outlined to the nation's leaders the opportunities in an industry positioning itself as a diverse, and technology-savvy sector, aiming to be an industry of choice for all Australians. Calls to ban petrol and diesel car sales and prohibiting older trucks from cities have been rejected by farmers this week, who say these moves would impede getting food to people and aren't workable solutions for regional people. The agricultural sector continues to engage with all tiers of governments on energy transition, which must include retrofitting existing vehicles. It's time to start planning celebrations for the day the nation comes together to celebrate the world-class food and fibre grown on Aussie soil. National Agriculture Day will be held on Friday the 18th of November and you can now register your event with each registrant eligible to receive a free Ag Day event pack. And people passionate about telling the great story of the Australian red meat industry will have the chance to sharpen their communication skills as part of the Meat and Livestock Australia's Ambassadors for the Red Meat Industry Program, now open for applications. Now let's take a look at some of the key moments from the NFF's Jobs and Skills Summit webinar. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for tonight's webinar. We are here to unpack the Jobs and Skills Summit. David Jahinke, our Vice President, uh, joining us from the Wimmera in Victoria. We've got Tony York, the Chair of our Workforce Committee, joining us from WA. Angela Bradburn is going to join us. She's a Policy Analyst with Australian Pork Limited and a Subject Matter Expert on all things labour in the pork industry. And we've also got Paul Burke, the CEO of NT Farmers, uh, joining us as well. Paul will talk to us a little bit later about the perspective from things of things in the top end. David Jahinke, DJ, if you want to just run us through a bit about the, the Job Summit, what people can expect and uh, yeah, what the next two days are going to look like. The Job Summit has been uh, is a signature election commitment that the ALP put to the election earlier in the year. and. It was all about trying to improve improve the employment and the wages and productivity of our our workforce across Australia. And the purpose of the summit is to bring a whole whole heap of interest groups together and have a conversation around the big issues that is affecting our industrial relations systems and to overcome some of those challenges and to try to get consensus around some of these issues so that we can actually get some action out of of both the summit and hopefully unlock a lot of the workforce um, issues that we've got at the moment. What we're talking about is making sure that we're facing those big agricultural issues in terms of attracting and training workers, making sure they're treated fairly, and also making sure that farmers can navigate the very complex industrial relations systems and laws, workplace laws as we see them at the moment. There's been significant 
activity in the lead up to the summit itself with um, the government also releasing an issues paper about uh, two weeks ago. And the five main topics out of what they wanted to discuss was maintaining that full employment and growing productivity within the nation, boosting job security and the wages, ensuring that we lift participation and removing barriers to employment, skills training and immigration, which is something that we've been very focused on throughout this whole um, discussion, and then also maximising the opportunities for new industries um, around employment. But what we're calling for is any quick wins, any consensus that does occur out of the summit to happen quickly and to make sure that we're able to get people engaged. And that's going to be a true test of how active and how um, committed the government is both to getting outcomes to industry to make sure we can alleviate some of the workforce issues as well as getting um, people back to work and also into the workforce itself. The simple fact for us is if we're not seeing action come out of this summit, it is the definition of trying to wait for the white paper. And we can't afford to wait for a white paper that's going to take a whole process to start dealing with some of the issues that we're seeing seasonally now. If we're not on their front foot and if we're not getting action out of this, um, we're going to obviously be lobbying and trying to do our own um, processes to try to unlock or reform the industrial relations network. But this is our first and best bite of the cherry with this new government. And once again, for it to be meaningful and for it to be um, give us some really good um, outcomes, that, that initial period after this summit, seeing the government's appetite to challenge, take on some of these bigger challenges is actually where we see the, the most opportunity to, to, to get action, especially around the ag side of things. Tony, I'll hand over to you to tell us a bit more about that process and what our recommendations look like. One of the um, important issues that we need to remember is labour and skills shortages is not new for the ag sector. We've, it's It's been a chronic issue for us for very, very many years. Um, and it's certainly become exacerbated and highlighted uh, over these last couple of years through the COVID pandemic, uh, et cetera. However, um, the underlying issues have been there for a long time. And one of the great risks I think that we have in this summit is that our industry is going to be swamped and overlooked by all the other different players and all the other different industry sectors that are also at the table tonight, uh, today, so in the next few days. So we're very conscious that we need to keep reiterating these issues, but a big fear I think is that we'll be overwhelmed by the other industry sectors. In summary, there's a number of short-term issues that we want to raise that can help um, address the issue and some longer-term ones that have been there for some time. The third issue is really related to enterprise bargaining. So to put that in context, you've got our national employment standards that overarch the federal government administer. Then you've got a set of industry uh, labour award agreements, and there's 120 in total in Australia that are baseline conditions for specific conditions and workplace um, benefits in different industries. Uh, and there's about six of those that agriculture is directly and quite intensely involved in, and in particular partial award and the horticultural award, but there are a number of others. Then underneath that, you can choose to have an enterprise agreement uh, or an um, individual flexibility arrangement, which is all uh, an individual enterprise agreement. In both of those, um, 
there is a, a, a issue that's referred to as the boot test, better off overall test. So you can forfeit some of the prescribed conditions in the awards if you can prove that you are overall, the employee is better off overall. Now, it's very prescriptive and it has to go over and be assigned off by the Fair Work Commission. And they tend to just stick to hours worked and hours, dollars per hour and the very simple things. And they rule out by the structure of their process any recognition of non-monetary benefits that an employee may, might have. So Fiona, our paper was making reference to that and, and that would include possibly uh, a, a process where you get some food off the farm that you're working in, but it could be accommodation, it could be transport, it could be a number of other benefits that are non-financial that at the moment the boot test refuses them to be accepted. So. It's only a small part of our overall campaign, but I hope that helps explain uh, the, where that background is and what that point came from. Four key points. Industrial relations system is far too complex. There's a legal maze there. There's many acts that employers have to work through, awards, etc. And it does tend to dissuade um, the many farmers from taking on extra labour. The labour migration policy has never been ideal for farm workers and certainly it's a lot worse um, now in the last couple of years while the borders have been closed. So we're highlighting some of those issues. There's a lack of support in the ag skills development, the vocational education and training. That's really a long term issue that we need to be trying to raise and get addressed. And there is, we have to accept, um, some degree of poor perception of the ag sector as an employer um, and we need to um, and poor work pra work practices etc and we need to address that and um, try and stamp out that perception that's more a long-term approach as well and tell us a bit more about this from the, the pork industry perspective and what you're hoping to see we simply don't have enough skills in labour domestically. So the severe work workforce shortages, the, the really tough, um, tight labour market that everyone's experiencing um, is really biting. Um, and that's despite all the efforts the industry and businesses are going to with their attraction and retention initiatives. That, that is first and foremost um, the issue. And it, it's for our industry, um, pork production, also pork processing, meat processing, um, it's workforce skills, um, shortages and labour shortages has has been a long-standing issue for us. It is very difficult to attract Australians into roles in piggeries. We know that um, we'll continue, we continue to try and address it, but it's obviously a long-standing issue and it's been worsened through COVID. Um, and I guess for us, um, being an intensive animal industry, skilled staff and sufficient labour is critical to maintaining those important standards of animal welfare, managing biosecurity, and now in, in our industry that um, ongoing business continuity is vital. Um, so we really need that critical volume of people um, addressed urgently, but there, there is that real shortfall that we're operating with. I'm trying to fill those gaps desperately through the migration system as soon as possible, but it's very slow. Um, everyone's probably aware there's a significant backlog. Um, it's complex, very costly, administratively burdensome. Um, so that's an area that that's an issue. It's an ongoing issue and um, one that we focus a lot of our energy on. Um, so we're certainly 
very keen to see um, fast tracking visa applications as a result of the summit. Another, I think a key issue that um, the, the jobs and skills paper that NFF have developed, um, it's explained quite well in more detail, is around the national training system. So we agree that, um, of course, that training Australians should be a first step. Um, and the pork industry has a really strong focus on formal and informal training. Um, and that's required by animal welfare laws, increasingly technical industry. But we know, and it's talked about in the paper, um, that training markets, particularly in regional areas and, you know, with a niche, um, you know, or a specialised area, like we might have, um, the markets are thin. So if you can't show demand, you might not, might not be well serviced. So there's some sort of structural issues there that we want to see addressed so that, you know, training is accessible and we can continue to grow and upskill our workforce. I'll now hand over to Paul Burke. Paul's the CEO of NT Farmers. So Paul, keen to get your perspective on how these issues are playing out in the top end and what you're hoping to see out of the summit. We have a severe shortage of accommodation right through the regions um, and it doesn't matter where we go. Um, and in a lot of cases, we're competing with larger mining companies and startups for accommodation and we're priced out of the market. So I really think we need to do a lot more in on-farm accommodation, and I think there's a real opportunity for accelerated depreciation. So instead of writing your accommodation over a 30 off over a 30-year period, let's look at some ways to write that off over a three-year period. Um, and I think until we can address the accommodation shortage in, in most of our regions, we're not going to address our workforce issues. Um, so some of the other really big challenges that I think are, are unique to the north, but but they do have relevance to everyone. Um, the removal of ag move for seasonal workers, so the ability to be able to move people around um, and, and have some sort of subsidy. We're really struggling with um, getting workers to commit to come up here because of the cost. Um, we've got no access to childcare. Childcare is fully booked in, in nearly every remote or, or regional um, city across the north. So um, it, it takes away the ability for both husband and wife to work. So someone's now dedicated to, to looking after the kids because we can't get access to childcare. One of the other areas that we are quite concerned about is there is quite a large latent capacity of unemployed people um, that sit under a CDP program or um, a work for the dole type scheme in North Australia. So I'm, I'm specifically talking about remote communities. And, and if I look at the top end um, from about Catherine North, there's about 17,000 people on that program. And we are quite concerned that the government's going to want us to look very closely at that workforce. Well, we think they're separate issues and, and, and there's longer form, longer term um, reform that needs to take place in training before they can be considered as part of the workforce. So we are really conscious that we don't want to end up with an adverse outcome in that. More flexibility in the visa schemes. Um, and we, we're very keen on looking at a, a program given our proximity to um, a lot of the seasonal worker um, host countries. So Dili, for example, is 45 minute flight from Darwin. We think there's an opportunity for more flexibility. Um, and if you look at the 304 hours over eight weeks component, we could potentially have workers coming in for six weeks at a time, working the 304 hours over six weeks and then going home to have a couple of weeks off and almost treating it like a fly in fly out workforce. In relation to the ag visa, I, I can't see it coming back in the, in the short term. I think from an organisational point of view and from an industry point of view, we need to keep it on the radar and keep pushing it because I think some of the things that will come out of the summit and the white paper may not work and 
we'll be we'll be in a, a world of hurt this time in you know 12 months if we haven't got some changes so i think you know we do have still the opportunity to keep pushing for it and i think there'll need to be some significant changes in in the makeup of that ag visa and i think as an industry we probably need to, to go into those conversations at a much more mature level include the unions because they're going to have a greater say now than they previously had um, i wouldn't give up on an ag visa but i think at the moment it's it, it's probably um in, in a if it's not dead it's certainly on life support and i think the last component and it goes to a development component and it goes to the 2030 target of um 100 billion dollars people are considering their, their future developments um and they're out now factoring workforce as a significant component of their um their, their planning and their due diligence process and 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 we are seeing people um balking at setting businesses up in the more remote areas um due to the the impacts of you know where am i going to get my workforce how am i going to house my workforce uh, and all of those type of questions that's pretty much it we do share a lot of the common issues i guess the key ones for us are remoteness tyranny of distance um, one of the farms i visited uh, last week is actually the most remote farm in australia and it's six hours for him to actually go and get a cappuccino you know we do need to acknowledge that that in the north things are a little bit different, but we do share many of the same problems and, and we're certainly behind everyone else's plight and don't want to see something adverse happen in other regions because we're pu pushing for certain things in the north. Thank you to, to all our speakers, but for now we'll sign off. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. And here's NFF President Fiona Simpson speaking at the summit. Right now, we know we have at least 170,000 vacancies. We see merit in quick solutions, such as lifting restrictions on pensioners working, as well as longer-term solutions, such as a fit-for-the-future industrial relations system with enshrined workforce protections. Obviously, the welfare of our workers and our people are critical, and we acknowledge mistakes of the past and that we need to keep doing better in this space. We not only want to attract more Australians to our sector, but also we need increased migration streams and appropriate visas and pathways to help fill the diversity of roles across our sector at all skill levels, as well as other measures such as effective land use and regional planning for appropriate housing, services and growth. With a recently completed National Agriculture Workforce Strategy, we are ready to hit the ground running. Thank you for listening to this weekly wrap-up from the National Farmers Federation. For more information about the NFF, visit nff.org.au. Otherwise, stay tuned until next week for the next instalment.